Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay warm at the Horseshoe this season. Score an exclusive, officially licensed Ohio State scarf when you subscribe to the Columbus Dispatch. Get the planet's best Buckeye coverage, award-winning reporting, and one amazingly cozy scarf by subscribing at dispatch.com slash scarf. This promotion is licensed by the Ohio State University. Trademarks used with permission. Columbus is growing. Here at the Dispatch, we wanted to take a step back and look at what all this growth means. This program will explore the future of Columbus and Central Ohio. This is What's Next. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the CBUS Next podcast. We are spending a few months here at the Dispatch exploring the future of Columbus, what education is going to look like in 20 years, what the city is going to look like, development, business. And this month, we are focusing on science and health. I have reporter Joanne Viviano here with me, and um, she focused a lot on healthcare, um, the health industry in Columbus, and what we are going to see in the next 20 years. Joanne, could you tell us a little bit about what what advances in medicine we're going to see soon? Well, a lot of um, things that have come up have to do with telemedicine, where people can visit their doctors through um, their iPad, for example, or their telephone, their smartphone. So telemedicine is going to take off. They also expect that to um, help people in rural areas get access to doctors in in more urban areas, like if someone needed care from a specialist at Ohio State but was out in one of our rural counties, they could use telemedicine to get that information from a specialist. So telemedicine is one of the things that is on the horizon. It actually is already starting in, in some ways. Um, genomics is another huge thing, which I know we're going to talk about a little later, but um, that has to do with sequen- sequencing a patient's genome and looking at their DNA to determine what their um, health problems are and what causes them. And then it allows doctors to come up with different types of treatments. So that's a huge thing that's coming on, on the horizon and also is is being done in, in small ways already. Um, one thing that uh, we'll be doing here in Columbus is um, tissue engineering, which is growing tissue from a patient's stem cells using a scaffold, perhaps created on a 3D printer, to to take those cells and, and have them form around that scaffold. So they've been doing it with tissue. They expect that eventually they'll be able to create organs that way. So that's kind of cool. And um, a few other things that have come up as I've talked to experts uh, around Columbus is um, perhaps that the medical industry will borrow some things from the gaming industry, such as virtual reality to help train medical students, holograms to help train medical students. And one, um, one expert came up with the idea of a glove that a patient could wear, touch him or herself, and remotely a doctor... It, through a telemedicine screen could could feel the same thing. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so lots of cool things that, that they were dreaming up as I talked to them. 
How far away do do they think something like the the glove and the telemedicine are? Well, we talked about 20 years into the mm-hmm. future, but I think they are hoping and expecting that some of the, these things come along sooner than that. Absolutely. One of the things I thought was really interesting is um, Dr. Michael Calagiri from the uh, Ohio State Wexner Center talked about a database that they're building. He said in 10, 20 years, we're going to have a very, very robust database. It's going to look just like Amazon. We're going to have 20 million patients in the database. It's going to be one of the most revolutionary things that's ever happened at Ohio State University. Can you talk a little bit about what that database is and and, and what they're hoping to get from it? Yeah, that database, um, Dr. Calgary is obviously very excited about. Um, It's called Orion, which stands for the Oncology Research Information Exchange Network, which is a little bit of a mouthful. But what it will do is it will have data from, he's hoping at some point, 20 million patients um, right now it only has 175,000, so they have a ways to go. But he wants to get these millions of patients' information in there. And then um, they can take a look at people who have similar cancers and determine what they have in common, what they have different, and hopefully come up with better treatment plans for for individual patients. So using more data in the, in the treatment of people. Right. Wow. Um, What role could Columbus play in all of these advancements? Nationwide Children's Hospital is doing a couple cool things where they are engineering tissue, where they're making tissue from a patient's cells and that scaffolding that I had talked about. So like for blood vessels, they took sort of a tube and they put a patient's bone marrow cells around it and were able to grow a new blood vessel. So that is kind of interesting and they expect that to kind of explode as things go on, like I said, to possibly even make organs at some point in the future. Genomics is big at Nationwide Children's Hospital. They have a whole institute that is um, studying genomics and already helping patients at Nationwide Children's. So that will advance, and that will advance right here. Nationwide Children's is one of the few places in the United States that is doing it as thoroughly as they are here. Um, Also, Columbus has a a good um, neurological base. There's centers at both the Wexner Center and also at Ohio Health, Riverside Hospital. And those um, are doing a lot of research and trying to find new ways to treat patients. Um, In some of those cases, they've helped a quadriplegic move his arms. They've helped a person with Parkinson's disease reduce his tremors. And they expect eventually to have wearable technology that will help a person... Um, be able to do things they weren't already able to do, like a hat or clothing that would have um, chips in it that could help a patient do things that they hadn't normally been able to do. Okay. Um, we, we touched a little bit on telemedicine, but can we, I want to go back to that a little bit. I think, you know, anybody who's ever had to be the, go to the doctor and wait a long time, that's always, you know, that's a complaint for people. Um, how would that how would telemedicine help that, and what other what other advancements can we expect with that? Yeah, with telemedicine, my understanding is that patients will just kind of sign up for an appointment online, and then when it's time for that appointment, they'll they'll go to their iPad or their smartphone and just have the um, appointment with their doctor. Um, that could eventually evolve to include some of these things like this glove, so mm-hmm. that doctors can do better 
examinations virtually, but I think it's going to start with just simple things where, you know, a doctor can determine what's going on based on symptoms. Um, but the telemedicine is really interesting. That It's also being used to um, help doctors communicate. So if there's a, a mental health patient, say, in an ER on the weekend, and there's not a, a good psychiatrist at a certain hospital to handle that, they can remotely access a mental health provider at a bigger hospital and get the information they need and determine what to do, you know, what to do with that patient as far as, as admitting them or not. And so the doctors also work together through telemedicine and communicate with each other that way. And um, uh, heart, heart specialists do the same thing. So it started sort of in in the hospitals with doctors communicating to one another, and it's now sort of branching out where patients will be using it as well. I imagine, I mean, that's going to be a big, that's going to be a game changer for people in the rural counties who who don't have the means to come to a big city for a specialist right. or don't have the time to do that. Um, that'll be That'll be incredible for them and for people who are just busy and don't want to stop it and go to the doctor's office. Right, yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about uh, the movement from curing sickness to keeping people well. Yeah, that is um, one thing that um, they said will be a game changer here, um, where doctors will be focused more on ways to engineer the, your nutrition and your exercise so that you stay healthy. And instead of just responding to things, to things as they happen. They'll be paid to keep patients well, you know, how well a patient does over a year's time, and instead of being paid by the visit. So things will really change as far as that goes. Um, one of the ways that they'll try to keep people well is through this genomics. They can study the genome and find out things that might be coming. So they could find out if you might be vulnerable for Alzheimer's disease, for example, and then help you um, implement strategies to stave off that disease for as long as you can. So um, the population health is really go going to change the way doctors look at patients and the way patients are treated. And you just, this wasn't in CBUS Next, but you just wrote about this week about how they're using genomes to figure out premature birth, correct? Right. Well, what happened there is they found six genes that um, are related to the length of pregnancies, and those could be used, once they study them a little more, to determine ways to prevent preterm births. Okay. So it's already happening. They're already doing these kind of things. Right. Right. At Nationwide Children's, they have started working with cancer patients in the clinic already, and so they had done the genomes of eight children with brain tumors. And for six of them, the doctors found out new options for treatment. So they're, they're having some successes. And they're also using it for just conditions that have stymied doctors where they just don't know what's going on. They've been able to um, take the uh, DNA information 
and figure out what it is that's causing a problem to a child and sometimes fix it just by changing their diet. So some of these things are huge. And he says it can be applied to just about anything, a child with a congenital heart disease. Um, other experts have talked about applying it to neurological issues, diabetes, depression, vision. Um, one uh, expert even told me that it could eventually be used to keep you, your hair from going gray. So it can be used from these real serious things to real simple things and um, just right across the board. So this analysis of genes is, is really a phenomenal thing. Well, somebody who found three gray hairs this weekend, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> All right, Joanne, thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about what we're writing about and what the future holds for Columbus, you can visit uh, cbusnext.com and read all of our stories there. You can also give us feedback at cbusnext at dispatch.com or use the hashtag cbusnext. We'll see you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.